Welcome to the Pickleball Addiction Podcast. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Thadia Locke. Welcome, Thadia. Thank you. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's very, very wet today outside, so I'm glad I'm indoors, but I've had to venture out a couple of times <laughs> with my kids, and it's not been pleasant, for sure. No, it's horrible. I've just run out to the shops and got soaked in five seconds, so it's definitely not very nice. Yeah, like it's really, it's been heavy. Like, like I live right by a river, and... Um, the river was already flooding the garden like last week and it's just had more rain. It's like, oh my gosh, it's going to get serious. Because last year, our, oh, whole, no. our whole garden was a lake, like literally. Um, and Oh no. Yeah. I mean, our, our house is a little bit higher, higher up, so I think we're good. But, okay. But generally it was like, a, we had literally had swans and ducks and that swimming around. Oh wow. Which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thanks like once again for like taking the time to come and talk to us on on the podcast so be really good just to um you know many people already know like of you who are in the pickleball world but it'd be great to hear a little bit about yourself your background and just how you got into pickleball yeah sure so i started playing pickleball at the end of 2018 um i was on holiday with the in the states staying with some friends and they took me down to their local pickleball group introduced me to their friend lucy um i played a couple of times while i was over there and then when I was coming home, Lucy kind of said to me, you should continue playing when you get back to the UK. And I never really heard of pickleball and didn't think that it existed in the UK, but it turns out it did. Um, and when I got home, I kind of just did a Google search of clubs closest to me um, and found one that at the time Lou Louise Stevens was running. Dropped her an email and just said, hey, I've played a few times in the States. I'd love to start playing. Um, she asked me what my level was. I didn't know anything really about pickleball, about levels. So I messaged Lucy, who taught me and said, what level am I? Um, and she said to say I was a 5.0, which again meant nothing to me at the time. Um, so I emailed Lou back and said, I'm a 5.0. Um, I got taught by my friend Lucy in the States. And she said, no disrespect, Thalia, but if you're a 5.0, you'll be the best female player in this country, which I was like, wow, that's a lot of pressure. I've only played three times. Um, and then it turns out that she also informed me that Lucy, who had taught me, um, was Lucy Kovalova, who is one of the best female players in the world. And I kind of, I thought it was a little bit weird when I was playing with Lucy that she had a paddle that kind of had her name like on, but I didn't really think too much of it, which in hindsight, I probably should have. Um, so yeah, had a very amazing introduction to pickleball, got to learn from one of the best players in the world and then came home, um, joined Lou's club, met a lot of the players that I still play with today. Louis was one of the first people that I met and I remember him saying to me, oh, let's play tournaments together. And I remember thinking tournaments, there's tournaments in this, like, what is this crazy thing? Um, and unfortunately, a couple of months later, I got really sick. I got glandular fever. Um, so I was actually at that time when I started playing pickleball alongside my full-time job working in tennis events. I was also the hitting partner for Alfie Hewitt, who's our number one men's wheelchair player. He's actually number one in the world now as well. Um, and I was due to go with Alfie to Australian Open, but I got glandular fever the week before literally we were due to go. So I was then really, really ill. I was in bed. I didn't get out of bed for two months. Um, Louis' lovely family looked after me as I couldn't do anything for myself. And then I gradually started to get better. And 
it was way too difficult for me to try and go back to tennis. It was way too intense, too big a court to move around. So I pickleball was actually perfect because it gave me something that I could get back into sport with that obviously wasn't overly intense to start off with. Um, so I started going back to some sessions and at the beginning I could really only manage 10, 20 minutes and it was really difficult actually going to those sessions and my body just giving up on me because it was something that I'd never experienced in my life. I'd always been able to push through injury, illness if I was tired and at that point there was no pushing through. My body was like, nope, that's enough and it was, yeah, it was difficult for a few sessions and actually Suzanne, um, Rouse, who's on my PPL team, she was there through a lot of that and she was great. You know, she really encouraged me and she was like, don't worry, Thalia, you'll get better. And gradually I got better in the, so about five months after getting sick, I played my first pickleball tournament, the Scottish Open in the summer of 2019, um, which was really, really fun. I, I ended up winning the women's singles, the women's doubles and the mixed doubles helped by my amazing partners Louis in the mixed and Faye Plummer in the women's so that was a pretty good intro to pickleball to get two of the best players as my partners um but I remember between my matches there was this sofa and I was just lying on the sofa because my body was still so exhausted so I was just really glad to make it to the end of the weekend but yeah that was kind of where it all started for me and then just gradually started playing more tournaments got to meet more people and just really loved everything that pickleball was about the community the fun you know how welcoming it is and yeah for me it was a really great space and a great sport to start to be a bigger part of wow didn't expect that kind of story but yeah that kind of uh, <laughs> i've had glandular fever before and i won't even go into it because mine lasted a long time and uh yeah, yeah. with a blood infection and all sorts of fun stuff oh, it's, not nice, it's not a nice thing to to have at all it's not nice. And I think the problem with glandular fever is that you look well. So people kind of think that you're fine because there's no there's no really obvious symptoms other than you just feel completely exhausted. So, yeah, it was definitely it, kind, it took me about a year to get over properly. And it was definitely a roller coaster of ups and downs. One thing that frustrated me the most, apart from being really sick for a long time, but when I was first ill and they said that at the hospital I had glandular fever, they said to me, oh, that's the, that's the kissing disease. And I, as a teenage boy, I was so frustrated because I've not been kissing anybody. And I thought, like, well, at least that would have been something, you know, but like, I didn't even have that. Like, so. but, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't, even, get, didn't even get a kiss for, for my months and months of illness, but... <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I might have missed it, but Lucy, where did you say that Lucy, uh, you've met, how did you meet Lucy? So Lucy is Slovakian, but she's based in Wichita in Kansas because she went and played college tennis at Wichita State University. So mm-hmm. I've got friends that are British that live in Wichita. Um, their daughter is a professional tennis player, so I've known them for a long, long time. Um, and they moved out to Wichita for... Um, the dad's job and they live in Wichita and obviously play tennis play pickleball so it just happens that Lucy lives there they live there and they're really really good friends with Lucy Um, Mm. both the mum and the dad are coached by Lucy for pickleball as well as tennis and yeah she's just a really good kind of 
family friend of theirs. And actually, when I was out in the States recently to play the APPs in Dallas and Atlanta, I went to stay with them in Wichita again at the end of my trip. Um, so got to, again, do a little bit more training with Lucy and spend some time with her and with them. So, yeah, just coincidence, really, that my friends, Wichita, everybody always kind of says, why are you, why are you going to Wichita? That's a random place. But I love it there. And actually, it's great for Pickleball. So they have, obviously, Lucy lives there and her partner, Matt Wright, is there. Um, Jay Davilias lives there. So I got to play some with him. Um, they've got a girl there who's younger, who has recently signed with the PPA tour, Ling Wei, who I also got to practice with. Um, Pat Smith also lives there. So they have a lot of really good level pickleball players there. So actually this time when I was out there, I got to play with all of them, Lucy, Pat, Jocelyn, Ling Wei. So yeah. That's it's a great amazing. place. <laughs> amazing that was your introduction to pickleball, like just playing with some like pro, you know, yeah, players, not knowing. It's yeah. amazing. Very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, moving on then on to the nationals. Congratulations on uh, your success in the nationals, a gold and two silvers. How how'd that go for you? Thank you. Yeah, really good. Um, obviously, it was a really long four days. We started off with the team competition on the first day, which was an amazing start to the tournament. I couldn't have hoped for a better start to the tournament, kind of both on the court, but also the team camaraderie that we had. And yeah, it was just a great day. And then singles was great. Um, Pei played a great match in the final. She beat me 11-9, I think, in the third. Um, again, for me, off the back of coming home from the states there were some things that I know I have to work on in singles to kind of elevate my game and I think it's a little bit getting my head around you know I have to start doing these things in matches and if it means I lose to start off with then that's fine but ultimately it's going to mean I'm a better player in the long term so I was really happy um with my group matches and then my semi-final against Molly I really kind of executed what I wanted to work on and we had a great game and she's obviously a really tough competitor. So to get a win against her, I was really happy. And then Pei in the final. Yeah, I mean, Pei played a near perfect match. She was hitting balls off the line, left, right and centre and just making my life really difficult. And, you know, I think it's great to have Molly, to have Pei. Really, we can kind of all push each other, especially in women's singles in this country. Um, it's great to see the level of women's singles you know, getting better and better. And I think, you know, we'll have some great matches in many, many tournaments to come. Um, so yeah, singles was was a great day, a long day, a lot of running, but I was really happy kind of with the way I fought on my performances. Um, women's doubles, we got gold, me and Molly. Um, it's actually only the second time me and Molly have played a tournament together. So we played the team, the Dupa team event at English Open together. And again, played really, really well. And yeah, I, you know, I gel really well with Molly on court. I think we play really well together um, and we had a great day. Again, I feel like we came out that day and we played pretty near perfect the whole day. The final, we we played Pei and Antonella and the, the scoreline, it looks pretty comfortable. It's never really reflective looking at the score of how tough it is. But I think me and Molly came out and kind of really executed what we wanted to do in the final. So that was really exciting. And then the mixed doubles day, um, getting silver with James was great. Again, Pei and Louis played really, really well in the final. I think it was a great final and 
a lot of people have, you know, said to me afterwards, that's the highest level of mixed doubles that people have seen in this country. So it's great to be a part of. I think there were a lot of learnings that I need to take away from that day in terms of pressure that I put on myself. And sometimes I stand in my own way with that pressure. Um, but again, it's all learning. And I think for you know, for the top players as a group, I think the fact that we're all pushing each other and the level's getting higher and higher, I think that's great for us and it's great for everyone else in Pickleball in the UK to see as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I echo that with the... that's Yeah, that mixed final was something else and a great end to the weekend, actually. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was such a funny match as well because right, because you got like, pickled in the first game, didn't you? And then you <laughs> came back and then won the second game. And then the third game, I think I think they got quite a lead out on you again. And then you kind of, you guys pulled it back and they had a few match points, but like, you didn't let them go over the line that easily. And yeah, some of the yeah. battles were, were ridiculous in, in that game. Yeah, yeah, it was a great game. And, you know, like I said, I, I get a lot of people saying to me all the time, Thaddea, you never get nervous. Thaddea you look like everything's so easy on court. And I think, you know, that match for me was a really tough mental battle. I went into it putting way too much pressure on myself and the first set kind of, yeah, I was really struggling and playing with James is great. You know, he knows me really well as a person. He knows me really well as a pickleball player. So, you know, when I was struggling in that situation, he knows kind of how to be with me to kind of get me to perform better so yeah I think after that first set it was great to kind of turn it around and win that second set um and you know make it make it a great game for everyone to watch as well because I think that's really important you don't want like necessarily one-sided finals that aren't good for people to watch so I was really kind of proud of the fact of how we turned it around in the second set and then made it a battle in the third but definitely a lot of learnings for me to take away um from that match as well and again yeah i think the level was amazing and really showcases how far pickleball has come in this country yeah is yeah yeah i i think with, with that with that game i think as well that first set doesn't really reflect like the play either it's just it was just it just happened right sometimes the points just fall that way right you win points but not on your serve and it just it kind of happens yeah. And I think, I mean, I you know, I watch a lot of pickleball and you see that a lot in pickleball because, you know, it's not as long as a tennis match. The, the matches are quite short and the momentum swings can be quite big quite quickly. So, you know, you'll often see a very one-sided first set followed by a complete turnaround in the second set. So I think, again, that's kind of the beauty of pickleball and it's what makes it exciting because something that can look really one-sided can suddenly become, you know, a real battle. So, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, congratulations again. I, I, I did watch the old Thank singles you. match with Pei and it was, yeah, like she, she was uh, on epic form for sure. Um, I haven't, I still haven't <laughs> watched, I meant to watch your, your dub, uh, women's doubles because I was actually playing when you, were, when you were playing during that time. So I haven't gone back uh, to the stream yet, but I, I will for sure. Okay. Thank you. But yeah, so I mean, obviously you mentioned that you, I should say two goals and two seals really, if you count the MLP style tournament. Um, so that's obviously you on Team Pickleball Addiction. Um, uh, we we had we had a podcast earlier where we talked to you guys before the event. Um, and yeah, so I mean, that was exciting because I was involved for me as well to be 
my my only medal of the weekend or my only win of the weekend so you know i've got to enjoy it in some way but um i mean have you played with the any of the guys that were in the scene before previous to, to the event hi mark mars here i hope you're enjoying the show this podcast is sponsored in part by the pickleball addiction store and newsletter to support the show please check out the pickleball addiction store at pickleballaddiction.co where we stock a wide range of paddles balls nets and other accessories Use coupon code POD10, that's P-O-D-1-0, to get 10% off your first purchase. You can also check out the Pickleball Addiction newsletter at pickleballaddiction.news, where we cover the latest news in pickleball from the UK and around the world. Thanks for your support, and now back to the show. Elaine I've known since I started Pickleball because she was at the club um, that Lou ran, but I've never played with her and then Mark Johnson, again, I've never played on a team with him. I played against him in MLP last year. Um, he was on the team that we played in the final. Um, and Rodri, no, I that I haven't seen Rodri that many times generally, let alone played with him. So no, it was for me a completely new team, um, which I think kind of added to the excitement. <laughs> Yeah, I think Rodri was a dark horse, wasn't he? Because I think a few people said it, you know, to me it's, it's a surprising pick because he was uh, the same as you, hadn't really been seen that much. And luckily for us, uh, I didn't hadn't really seen it really anybody before, so I was just sort of picking it up. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, I mean, it worked because Rodri and you, you, you two in particular, you seem to gel really well, like on the court. It seemed to go quite well. So, well, ob- obviously because <laughs> you went through and match and won, but. But, I mean, how do you feel? Yeah. Do you know, I have kind of been thinking about this since Nationals. And I think with the team events, it's so important how the team gels. And that maybe doesn't play as big a part as the pickleball, but I think that plays a massive part to how successful the team is. And I think, you know, I've been lucky enough to, I played college tennis in the States. It was part of a team for four years. I've played a lot of different team events within pickleball so I have quite a lot of experience and I think I know you know how important it is to to work together together as a team to be encouraging no matter what's happening because with those team events sometimes it comes down to rubbers one sometimes sometimes it comes down to points one so I think you just have to keep fighting every match and we did that and we did amazing you know it was I so enjoyed playing with Rodri he's such a good player and I just need to convince him to believe in himself a little bit more and believe that he is as good a player because you know with those team events no one person carries the team all four of you and yourself the team captain we're all so important to the success and you know I think that showed Rodri played amazing all day Elaine when I played with her she was amazing Mark and Rodri were an incredible team Mark Mark and Elaine were an incredible team and you know I just think we all really kind of supported each other believed in each other kind of helped each other out as and when we could and yeah somehow we won (laughs) yeah I mean yeah they all seem to complement each other in different ways but like in some way just all they all seem to work and I think like you say it helped because the camaraderie was good all everybody on the team was such lovely people that it, I think that really yeah. helped, and uh, everybody wanted to help each other to win. So, yeah, it was exactly, great. and that was another exciting final, right? With you and Rodri versus Freddie and Hermione. Hermione. Um, yes. So I think you had to come back from 
something like six, six I think it was the 2014 or something like that at one point, wasn't it? And I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we were down always like throughout the whole of that last game. And then, yeah, we were down 2015, 2016. And again, I think what I felt so much in the moment and I was kind of just playing one point at a time and not really thinking about the score. And I think kind of being there, being in the moment, not overthinking things, you just kind of start getting points back. And especially with the way MLP works and when the other team is frozen on 20, if you can get a few points back, it suddenly puts a lot of pressure on the other team. And, you know, I think we went back and forth a couple of times. I think we, me and Rodri had a few match points we didn't win. I think Freddie and Hermani had a few match points they didn't win and then all of a sudden we'd won and I still I still can't quite believe it but my 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 reaction when we won was like oh my god we've won (laughs) so yeah it it was amazing and yeah to be able to win with Rodri and yeah see him you know play amazing against Freddie and Hermani are great players so to be in that situation and beat them was just really, really amazing. No, when there was that full start as well, just a few points earlier, where you thought you'd won, and then we did, and then it was out. Yeah. And uh, I mean, because that can that can knock that was the show because that can really knock you, can't it? That can actually really affect your play, and you could have just lost it there. But you guys just stayed strong. Yeah. I mean, I, the same thing happened in the final last year. I remember we were in a dream breaker in the final against Louis's team, and. I don't know what the score was, but I remember hitting a shot in the singles against Louis, thinking I'd made it and celebrating, thinking that either we'd won or it had given us match point. And again, the same thing happened. I missed it and it was super close, but it was out. And I kind of celebrated and then had to be like, okay, no, get back in your box. <laughs> <laughs> so you won two in a row, haven't you? Uh, two two of those in a row? The only player to won two in a row? Yeah, and... Um, Again, you know, I've been really lucky both years. I've had amazing teams last year. Last year, I didn't win many matches until the finals. So, you know, my team really did carry me through. And in the final, I did a few good things. But yeah, I think I've been really lucky with the people I've played with and had great team captains and had great team camaraderie and it's worked both years. Yeah, no, it was was great. It was great. It was great to see. It was great to watch, um, and I've encouraged people to several people to watch the mixed final actually that you had at the uh, at the end of the nationals game. But yeah, also the also that final because that was uh, that was quite fun. But you um you managed your stress levels well throughout the day because it's hard being the team you know the team captain that's off court because you can't affect anything. So you literally just have to sit there, and the outcome is out of your hands. Yeah, I, th- I think I did a lot of beats per minute that day without even doing an exercise so <laughs> yeah, no, that was, it was it was nerve-wracking it was really nerve-wracking but it was oh, such a <laughs> it was great so um we'll move on from the nationals i could talk about it for longer but we'll go on to spare everybody else so that's it here i was talking about sure. it. But the, so you focus now um full-time on pickle i did mean to talk a little bit about your previous role at Wimbledon um so yeah can you take us through like what what, what it is that you were doing at Wimbledon um before we talk about what you're doing now with, with Pickleball yeah sure so I was at Wimbledon for about a year and a half so I was in the operations team um 
working as an operations coordinator so across various different kind of logistical things to do with organizing the championship and then also year-round operations so I managed the uniform program for probably about 3,000 staff so Wimbledon take on just over 2,000 temporary staff for championships but then they also have full-time staff that work year-round at the club you know the gardeners the ground staff the estate management team so I managed the uniform program so everything from planning the uniforms ordering the uniforms distributing the uniforms that kind of thing which was a massive operation um, and then I was really involved in guest services as well. So Wimbledon have had a massive push the last few years um, to improve their kind of guest experience. I think previously guest experience at Wimbledon has kind of taken care of itself because everyone is just so excited to be at Wimbledon that and, you know, it's an amazing place to be. But they really wanted to kind of hone in and and improve that guest experience. And so I was really heavily involved in that Um and different things and kind of improvements the two championships that I was there to just make sure guests had a better day um we introduced a guest services team so we had about 120 staff that we took on temporarily for championships both years um so managed them which was really fun and I I really like interacting with people so for me you know kind of getting to be involved in guest experience was really fun and my before I worked at Wimbledon, I ran the ATP and WTA event um, at Eastbourne, the tennis event. Oh, yeah. And again, when I was at Eastbourne, I was kind of across everything. It was a smaller event, so we had a smaller team, but we kind of managed everything between us. So I was across everything from looking after the players to ticketing to Wi-Fi to general operational logistics and customer service and getting involved with the customers was something that I really enjoyed in Eastbourne. So it was amazing to be able to work in that at Wimbledon, which is obviously, you know, one of the kind of main sporting events in the calendar of every sport every year. And just to kind of see Wimbledon standards and the way that they did things was, was really great. And yeah, Wimbledon is an amazing place to work. Yeah, so Eastbourne, is that the event they run like a day, a week or two before Wimbledon generally? It's on grass court as well. And... Yeah, so it it falls the week before Wimbledon, so it clashes with Wimbledon qualifying. But on the women's side, Eastbourne is a WTA 500, so it's the highest level women's event outside of a Grand Slam. And it's a ATP men's 250 event, so not the highest level men's event. But so we would kind of, we would regularly attract probably about 15 of the top 20 women in the world and then we'd maybe get kind of like five to ten of the top 50 men in the world so there was a little bit of a discrepancy but actually my first year working on Eastbourne Novak Djokovic won on the men's side so I got to work with again some incredible players across the the five years that I worked on that event and yeah just a great event to go to it's by the sea it's like a mini holiday so Eastbourne will always hold a special place in my heart yeah so yeah I mean because they often use it as a warm-up don't they or some of the players do for Wimbledon yeah absolutely yeah okay so so now though you're focusing full-time full-time on pickleball is that right yes um so yeah I made the decision a few months ago to move into the pickleball space full time, I was really struggling to kind of juggle 
having my full-time job at Wimbledon with everything that was happening in pickleball and kind of made the decision that actually I wanted to kind of focus a little bit more on playing and see where I could get to with my level because I haven't up until this point really practiced very much I've been maybe playing once or twice a week just due to you know time constraints and everything else going on so wanted to have a little bit of more of a focus on playing getting fitter physically practicing more to see where I could get to level wise and then um, for me kind of growing the sport is so important so getting more involved in the coaching side running you know clinics and also the ambassador side of the sport so I signed obviously with Skechers um, a few months ago so there's also a lot of things happening in that space and you know day to day I'm getting a lot of different kind of opportunities and get to be a lot across a lot of really exciting things that are happening in pickleball so yeah I thought I would take a chance and see you know try moving into the space full time and and see how it goes. Ah, that's great that's great yeah I mean we we, we always had uh, um, a, a trip over to America right recently to do the APP tour before the nationals. Um, so I finished at Wimbledon I think on the 22nd of September and flew to the States the following Monday the 25th of September so I went out there to play um, the two APP events one in Atlanta and one in Dallas which I didn't I kind of wanted to go out there just to kind of throw myself in the deep end see how I got on knowing that I hadn't practiced a lot wasn't hugely fit but kind of just to go out there and get a little bit more experience at that level and yeah I mean they were two really great weeks both weeks I finished top eight in singles which I I really had no expectation on any of the events so to do that was amazing and kind of proved to myself wow I'm already at a really high level and you know obviously the conditions are very different out there it's very humid in both Atlanta and Dallas and we actually played with um, the Dura. So again, a ball that we don't play with at all over here. So had definitely had to acclimatize kind of to the weather, to the different ball, to the different level. They obviously have different things, paddle testing, referees for each matches. Yeah. So, you know, it was just great to get that experience at that level. And then in women's doubles and mixed doubles, I won matches in the pro division across both of those, both weeks. Um, again, which was just, yeah, for me, kind of invaluable experience to get over there, see where the level is at, see kind of how my level compares. Um, and yeah, again, kind of meet a lot of new players. I haven't been over to the States to play since before COVID. So just kind of put my name a little bit back out there and meet the players that are currently doing well and playing out there. And yeah, it was a really, really great experience. They they start very early though at their tournaments, a couple of days in Atlanta, we started on quarter half seven in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. I mean, I guess they've just got to just sort of fit it all in, aren't they, as much as they can. But, um, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Congrats, congratulations on that as well. Um, it's such a, Thank yeah, you. it's epic to, to finish top eight on, on both, uh, both tournaments. Thank you. Amazing. Um, so, in terms of the um, your partners for the women's and mixed, was that randomly? offered to you or did you have to go and find somebody how did that work yeah so basically with the app events you enter and you can either enter as a pair or you enter on your own and then you try and find a partner so i entered on my own um and i just kept looking at the lists of who had entered and contacting people who were on the list that looked like they didn't have partners and 
it took a while because obviously I'm not very well known in the States. So I contacted um, some of the APP Next Gen players that had come over to the UK and they kind of helped recommend some people. But yeah, it's just a little bit of trial and error, contacting people and and hoping that you'll be a good fit. Well, hoping that someone will play with you <laughs> and then hoping that you'll be a good fit. So yeah, I played um, with a girl called Rachel James both weeks actually in women's doubles. Um, and we gelled really well and played really well. So that was amazing. And then the first week in mixed doubles, I played with Susanna Barr's son, Porter, who is a really great up and coming young player. He's, I think he's 17. So he's just at the start of his pickable journey, but it was great to play with him and get some practice in with Susanna. And then the second week I played with a great guy called Amrik Dong Kina, who again is a really great player, plays out of Minneapolis and yeah, has a background in tennis. So I hadn't met, I hadn't actually met any of them before I got there. So yeah, all new partners, but again, really good experience to just play with some different people. What was, yeah. what was kind of different about the events that you kind of experienced before? I mean, you mentioned like referees, I guess, is, is kind of different having it on every every match, but generally, obviously they've been running them for a while now. I imagine they've got some, some stuff down. Um, how did you find the events themselves? Yeah, really good. I mean, I actually know, so Ken Herman, who obviously came over to English Open, was there running the events. And I have a really close friend, actually, Nicole, who is also part of the kind of operational team that runs the events. And they were really, really welcoming. Obviously, that I had a few hiccups. Um, basically, over there, when you're on court, you get a text to say, you're on this court now. And my number didn't work because it wasn't an American number. So they were all really helpful. Actually, Kyle Yates' mum, Julie, she um, is part of the APP referee team. And the first week, I literally just stood with Julie for most days just to wait for her to tell me when I was on. Um But yeah, they have paddle testing. So that was something that I've never gone through before. So they test kind of the grit and the delamination of paddles. So my ProXR paddles all passed with flying colors. So that was good. Um, so that was something new. And again, just getting used to playing with a Dura because it's a lot harder than playing with a Franklin X40. And also it gets, once you've played with it a little bit in the heat, it gets very misshapen and just plays yeah. very differently. So one of my singles matches, I think in the first week I think I was winning and then the second set I literally either tipped or completely missed the ball five times in a row because it suddenly started bouncing differently because they kind of egg so and they don't replace the balls unless they're uh, cracked so that was something else to kind of get used to that the ball was going to change kind of during the match and you had to kind of adapt your game to the ball that was bouncing differently um the heat was tough. The humidity was tough. Um, we, I know the first week for my singles, we started at eight o'clock in the morning and I think I finished about 3 p.m. that day, but we went from playing in the morning, kind of cold, cloudy, gray conditions to about one o'clock. It was suddenly so humid and so hot and it was like playing in two completely different climates. So yeah, just getting used to that. Um, you know, we have we had referees on all the matches. So, yeah, the rules are very, you just kind of have to make sure that you're sticking to the rules. Coaching isn't allowed in any format. So I was obviously on my own, so I didn't have anyone coaching me. But a few of the people I played definitely had people trying to coach them. And the referee would kind of be like, if you're going to 
coach, you're going to be dock points. And even saying things like good cross-court forehand is considered coaching. So you really can't say a lot over there. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of different things, but great tournaments. They look after all of the players really well. If you're playing in the pro events, you kind of have your a separate area where they kind of give you an area to kind of stretch, give you lunch, give you snacks and stuff. So that was, that's really good um, as a pro player to be able to have access to that. And yeah, it was, yeah, both events were amazing. The first week in Atlanta, the, the venue had about 14 courts. The second week in Dallas, I think the venue had 42 courts. So differences the first week it was really tough to kind of practice we were jumping on and off between matches but the second week we had a lot more access to courts to practice okay that's really interesting yeah because especially with the coaching i i thought that was fine because you watch ppa or mlp as soon as there's like a break of the timeout or between sets you know, the the players are on their phones like <laughs> looking at some text yeah or, which is clearly coaching right i was i'm sure they're not texting them yeah. or whatever at that time but um yeah it's interesting it was, it was interesting you it's interesting you say that actually because i played um one lady both weeks actually in singles i beat her both weeks but she did really well in women's doubles and at kind of timeouts she was texting and i kind of said to a couple of people was she like who was she texting and they were like oh she would have been texting like for coaching so you can coach at timeouts but you just can't coach during play and there is a lot of kind of people trying to coach during the play which obviously in the UK and Europe I mean it's not policed really like you can kind of say a bit more even if it's you know good shot is I feel like on the barrier of is that coaching or not in the states so yeah just kind of have to be a lot more careful yeah okay um so yeah pickleball full time now what what does it look like then now a typical week for you so i um have started out with obviously my physical and you know on court practice so i've got into a really good routine the last two weeks with um working out daily i am a member of an f45 gym which is something in and around london um which is kind of like a cross training, which I love. So I've been regularly doing that, which, yeah, has just got me into a really good routine. Um, just in the process of kind of setting up my kind of practices day to day. Um, so again, that's something I'm kind of really looking forward to just getting able to have more hours on court and practice because I've just never really been able to do that. And then everything else around that. So coaching and clinics, um, I have a lot of those booked out kind of until February. And then individual lessons um, and then a lot of different projects at the moment that I'm kind of involved in, yeah, within the pickleball space, which are different things that hopefully will come to fruition next year. Okay. Excellent. Okay, so... So a lot of mentoring, how much, how much time do you spend in doing the coaching and the mentoring and, and that kind of thing? Um, it's quite a lot of hours, I think. I obviously do the on-court coaching and then, as you mentioned, mentoring, I am actually going to start kind of working with some players, mentoring them. So doing the on-court side of things, but then also, you know, the off-court side of things and kind of helping them to improve kind of holistically as a player. 
Um, and then there's a lot of kind of day-to-day questions that I get or advice that I get asked just from different players. So that's something that's really important to me. And, you know, I always want to try and help as many people as I can. So I feel like I'm always on my phone. <laughs> um, if I'm not on court, I'm always on my phone kind of, yeah, trying to help people. I'm involved in um, helping to organize the tournament next week in Alton in Hampshire, the Peak Leagues event. So Mm -hmm. myself and James have been helping Philippe um, and his team organize that from kind of, you know, getting players on board, helping to advertise, work out logistics for that. So that's something that, again, is imminently coming up. So yeah, but I really enjoy it. I think it's great for me to kind of meet as many people and help as many people within the pickleball community as I can. And I think, you know, kind of show people that I might be one of the better players, but I go through the same things as they do and kind of trying to give people confidence and explain to people, Hey, like I go through this too. Like I get it. Let me kind of try and talk to you and let me use my experience to kind of try and help you. So that's something I, that's really kind of valuable to me. Okay. Excellent. Um, so you've, you've been playing pickleball for a few years now. Um, so from your perspective, yeah, ha- pickleball's grown a lot like, in that time, right? I mean, wh- how's that look from, from your perspective? Yeah, I think since I started playing pickleball in 2018, I think the growth in this country has been huge. You know, I started back then playing with a jug ball a lot on inside kind of badminton courts. And, you know, now I think I'm lucky in that I get to train a lot more on a proper hard court surface with a Franklin ball. And the level has improved so much since I first started. And I've been so lucky kind of along the way to have people mentoring me and people helping me develop my game. Um, I think there's a lot more people playing pickleball now than there were. I think there's a lot more awareness of pickleball when I first started you know no one had heard of pickleball whereas now I talk to different people in different spaces and they're like oh I've heard of pickleball or oh I've played pickleball I've seen pickleball on this and I think the awareness in the media um on social media whether it be newspaper articles tv podcasts I think there's a lot more people talking about pickleball now obviously the growth in the states over the last five years has also been massive so that's helped because there's a lot more celebrities playing the game it's in a lot it's in the news a lot more over there so it's also kind of by default in our news a lot more but I think even in the last six months the the growth and the amount of people that are now kind of wanting to invest in the game invest in facilities and see the potential that pickleball has you know for so many different things for you know social benefits health benefits mental health benefits I think people are really kind of getting on board and yeah for me it's great to see and I've had some unbelievable opportunities over the past couple of years that I would have never got to have in any other in anything in life and played pickleball with people like Jamie Foxx, Tim Hemman, Evan Lendl you know I would never have got to mix with those people probably but pickleball really does bring people and so many different opportunities together. No, that's, uh, that's, yeah, it, 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 well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And 
uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I haven't heard people talking about the jugs balls and uh, <laughs> with this. Uh, <laughs> obviously, nobody really uses them anymore, but everyone talks to them sort of, I can't think of the right word, but like yeah, <laughs> nostalgically, I guess is like the right word <laughs> with the jugs balls was a thing. I think, I mean, I think, you know, there are some people that still use them. And I think, especially if you play on indoor kind of wooden floors and definitely to get people started in the game because they're a much slower ball. So it's much easier to start with them. And, you know, I think they still have a time and a place, but I think for the development of kind of high level pickleball in the UK and Europe, we've really got to try and keep up with what they're doing in the States. Obviously, we are using the Franklin X40, which is a brilliant ball. And I think, you know, it's just trying to encourage tournaments. Hey, let's play on a hardcore surface where we can use this ball because you really can do a lot more with that ball. And I think it mm. it improves your skills quicker playing with a harder ball than it does playing with a softer ball like a jug. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, even at my level, just knowing and playing it with a, with a hard ball on a hard court, it's just a different game to in a gym with a software yeah. it's, just, it's just not as good it's just this it just isn't and uh, yeah and uh yeah i i cannot wait till we have more but that's just the default i mean just just to think there's people in the us that have never played on a gymnasium in fact most people have haven't you know they've only had it good all, all the time because of the growth of the support you know and there's so many courts now um yeah. exactly and obviously you know they've it's easier for them to build courts they have a lot more space than us and they their land is a lot cheaper so it is a lot easier but it isn't you know having been out to the states a few times and have a lot of friends up there it isn't i think we kind of look at the states and we're like oh my goodness pickleball is perfect over there but there's still you know i played in atlanta and we were trying to find somewhere to practice outside of the tournament and there aren't loads of places to play there was kind of a public park where the courts are always rammed so it's really difficult to get on or yeah. we actually ended up playing at an amazing indoor venue called ace pickleball club um with i don't know 20 odd indoor purpose-built courts but again membership fees for that are you know 150 dollars a month so you know it's not there are there are certain places wichita for example has many, many outdoor park courts, you know, great surface and they're all free. So it just depends on where you are. But yeah, there are some people that are still playing, you know, on indoor gym floors, especially places further north where it's colder and they don't get that many months of sun. But yeah, I think, I think, you know, at the end of the day, whatever you're playing on, as long as you enjoy it, I think that's the main thing. And pickleball is so diverse in that you can play on different surfaces with different balls and yeah you just got to find what kind of you enjoy and and hopefully over the next couple of years we will see more investment in facilities in the UK and and more purpose-built courts yeah I definitely think that's that's coming um yeah in Seattle I, I have a friend who's in Seattle and I persuaded him to start playing football and he did because we I met him in Arizona and we had a, a trip to Arizona and yeah, he, he struggled to find courts, uh, you know, even in Seattle. Yeah. So he, he went to four, he goes to four or five places before he finds somewhere. And then, you know, he finds somewhere where the asphalt's all kind of wrecked and the lines are barely visible. Yeah. And actually find somewhere to play, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not, it's not perfect. And they can't build them fast enough at the moment. I mean, I don't know if you've seen, um, exactly. The company Pickler, they've, yeah, they, they're a little franchise of, of things. And I think they've got over a hundred already planned uh, yeah. facilities. Yeah. 
<laughs> and and they're, and they're going to do more. I think they want 300 by 2025 or something franchises. So yeah, they, they just can't build them fast enough, really. Exactly. It's going to be a different world in a few years' time when every city has got pickleball courts and, you know, taken over. Exactly. That's what we hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least for now. I mean, at least for now, they'll be in use as well, unlike, you know, yeah and things like that where you just see them yeah off the time. exactly okay so looking forward then um what do you what do you see for football in the uk or even globally in the next 12 24 months um i think we will see a lot more investment in facilities we will see a lot more people knowing what the sport is i think it will become you know a sport that most people are aware of um, whether that be at the highest level or whether that be something that people just go down to their local leisure centre and play, um, which for me is really exciting just because of the benefits that it has of, you know, getting you out of the house, getting you active, getting you into groups of friends, getting you to be social. Um, I think we will, in the States, there's obviously a lot of investment in pickleball at the highest levels, the pro levels. There's a lot of money being injected into the sport. Um, we recently had the PPA and MLP offering players contracts so they can play pickleball full-time without having to worry about having a full-time job, which is great, you know, allowing players to move into the space full-time. I think that will probably keep expanding. I know they're doing something similar similar in Australia, um, and I think that will probably expand throughout the world um and you know the more people that start playing the more tennis players you're going to get moving over the the level's just going to get higher and higher and i think because pickleball is so new i think there's so many opportunities to do so many different things you know mlp is a completely different format to a, a usual tournament which is great to have the two living side by side and there's not to say that there won't be other new formats that come in and yeah i think it's just it's just such a great thing to bring people together so i just really hope that it continues to grow and continues to get people active and and having fun yeah yeah well i hope you're right i hope that all happens that'd be fantastic <laughs> so in terms of events what does, what does your calendar look like what events you mentioned you've got the peak leagues event coming up in in the next couple of weeks uh what, what else have you, yeah. have you got in the in the calendar so I've got the Peak Leagues event uh, next weekend. And then in December, I've got a tournament in Sweden in a place called Inscherping, which they've got a purpose-built uh, yeah. pickleball venue with three indoor pickleball courts, which we played last year. So I'm going out there. Then we have the tournament at Rafa Nadal's Academy, which is really exciting. Um, also in December, you know, I think it's great for such an iconic kind of tennis academy to be investing in pickleball to be wanting to you know build pickleball courts and host events so again that'll be something really fun we have our last um premier pickleball league tie of the year in december in cambridge so again that's another team event that i've been a part of this year that ed has kind of dreamed up and put together and for me that's been a great event um i picked my team based on you know people I saw had potential and to see the improvement that they've had over the year and over the, I think we've had three ties that we've had so far has been really special. So really looking forward to that next tie. And then 
going into next year, um, just starting to look at the calendar, you know, when I go out to the States and play, I think that I'm in India in February, which a group of us are really keen to go over and play. Um, and different events, I think there will be the Dutch Open again next year, obviously English Open, English Nationals, French Open. Um, and year by year, more events, especially in Europe, are added to the calendar. So for me, it's just kind of looking at what's there and, you know, what fits with my schedule and which events I believe are trying to do the right things for pickleball those are the ones that i will really try and invest in and and travel to and play yeah yeah excellent well um yeah i, I i'm doing the mediterranean open as well so i can't wait for that at the rapid yes. academy um it's gonna be that's gonna be great i mean that facility is gonna be epic and i think if we have time i might try some paddle out there because i've got some paddle courts as well and that'd be that'd be excellent yeah, so I, my cousin um, was actually at the academy. He was at the tennis academy for a few years. So I have been out there previously. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a really great facility and Mallorca is a beautiful island. So, yeah, I think it will be a really fun event. I think um, Luis, who's organizing the tournament, who I know you've interviewed, has a lot of other things kind of planned for the players off court. So, yeah, I think it'll be a really exciting yeah. event to be a part of. Yeah, excellent. Okay, uh, I think we're kind of wrapping up there, Thaddeus. Is there, is there anything else that I should have asked you that, that I didn't you'd like to share? Um, no, I think that's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, in that case, if people want to follow your adventures and what you're up to, where's the, where's, where's the best way for them to go? Uh, they can go to Facebook. So I'm just on Facebook under Thaddeus Lock or my Instagram account, which is Thaddeus23. Um, those are the two places at the moment where you can probably keep most up to date with everything that I'm doing. Okay. Well, thanks so much for taking the time again today, Thaddy. I really enjoyed it. It's been really fun. You're really fun to speak to and it's, uh, it's been a great uh, chat. So um, thanks once again. Thank you very much for having me and thank you for leading us to victory at Nationals in the team event. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I can put that on you guys safely. Yeah, nice <laughs> no, we're, we're a team. <laughs> <laughs> I did bring bananas, so, you know. <laughs> Maybe bananas. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thanks once again and um, yeah, good luck um, into, the, into the rest of this year and, and, and next. Thank you, thank you.